Welcome back, everybody. It's Wednesday, and the this is the last of well, not the last, but our the last non-normal week. Yes, well, actually, no. Welcome to twenty twenty one, everybody. Happy twenty twenty one. Happy Merry New Year. We're rocking and rolling. Yeah, and That's we're back in person. We're back, back in the saddle. saddle. Yeah, back oh, in the saddle. The vibes are just next level. Yeah, in the studio. Thank you all for uh, your ongoing support through this obviously awkward time where we have had no fights uh, for it's been what two weeks now. It's awful. Yeah, it's felt a lot longer than that. I have gray hair. I feel a like beard as thick as an inch of snow. It legit feels like it's been multiple months. Yeah. I mean, when you go from July to December without a week off, twenty-five straight weeks. That's crazy. And now we go four without fights, and I'm losing my mind. Yeah. So, point being, we're still down bad. (laughs) But your guys' support has been getting us through it. Yeah, the special episode's been popping off. Yeah, so we appreciate the support through these last uh, few episodes. Um, The the year in review episodes did well. The this or that. A lot of people seem to really like that concept. So, thank you guys for that. Um... Yeah, I mean it's been it's been fun doing these kind of like like almost like it's a little different, you know, mm-hmm. just doing these special episodes. But man, I did not realize how long it would feel between wow. episodes. Like literally, because we're only recording once a week. Yeah, it sucks. So, and I think at the end, you guys are going to be in for some good news. Oh, yeah. we we have a plan to rep, to eradicate that completely, Whew. but. Obviously today, if you can, if you're watching on YouTube, you can maybe tell by the thumbnail. If you're listening on any other platform, uh, maybe you follow us on Instagram and saw kind of our release schedule. Today is all about the news. Yeah. So, what is typically everyone's favorite segment? This is going to be everyone's favorite episode. <laughs> and, I, and we want you to show that by liking and subscribing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's all it's going to be completely dedicated to the news and you know remember we said that this was the episode that could get sent to the chopping block. We were <laughs> like, yeah, we don't know if we'll have enough news in the last 3 weeks. We thought no. Nah, we had the cut stuff. Mhm. We said people had people's lives were changed <laughs> with big fights and we said we not can, worth it. We can't fit time. it in. We'll be here for all night. It, it was ridiculous. But I'm glad that it worked out that way because I think it's very important that we get caught up here right before we get thrown back oh, to yeah. the wolves yeah. with that three card Week. three cards yeah. in seven days. Yeah. So it's very important that we get caught up here. So without further ado, let's kick it off 2021 with a bang. It's time for the news. That is. Now what? I want to preface. Okay. We've obviously not been able to cover the news in two Plus weeks. Yeah, so some of this is going to be a little older, but we get to give our two cents on it. At yeah. Least. And then some of them still have just been announced yeah. in the past couple days. Yeah, so. exactly. Good good preface there. Um, I decided the best way to do this is we're ordering it by the order that these fights are taking place. So yeah. in chronological, um, I just thought it was easier that way. Keep our ducks in a row. Yeah, exactly. So we're starting with um, our cards coming up here. Um uh, Obviously, this this happened a little bit a while back. It doesn't feel like it hurts that much anymore, I guess. But uh, one of our main events got canceled. Ah, yes. 
the the Wednesday card originally set to be headlined by Hamzat Chimaev and Leon Edwards has been canceled. Hamzat apparently did have COVID when that remember when that uh, report came yeah. out and everybody kept denouncing it. Well, apparently he did have it, and I guess he wasn't able to fully recover. Yeah, it. so apparently his lungs were still compromised. Um, as someone who has had COVID. <laughs> I just want to point this out that I fully believe him here and uh, can totally see that. I mean, I get he's in much better shape than I am, and he is a a killing machine, so his body's built different. But still, like I, I fully believe him in his. Uh, if there's one thing Hamzat couldn't smash, it was COVID. <laughs> but since that fight got canceled. We have a new main event for that Wednesday card. And it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, being bumped up from the co-main, uh, five rounds. Do you know that for sure? It is going to be five, I'm pretty sure. Neil Magny, Michael Chiesa. Love that. Now, what I like about this matchup so much is the fact that I've compared Michael Chiesa and Neil Magny multiple times on this podcast. Yeah. I think we've even talked about this matchup. I um, think. I don't know. Or maybe I just rem- I don't remember. When Magny fought Robbie Lawler, I pointed out that him and Chiesa are similar in the fact that once they get to the point where they are yeah, ready to break through the glass ceiling, you know, come in hot, come into that contender status, they falter. But now... But now they're fighting they're each other. They're doing it to each other. Yeah. Um, and it's number eight versus number nine. So I mean, not- the winner gets put into that contender status. Uh... At least yeah. if we're talking taking on top five next, you know. I would assume, right? Especially if it's a good fight, if someone gets a big win here. Yeah. So that's what I like about this matchup is you got two. Is floundering? Floundering's not the right word because, like, obviously Magny had a great twenty twenty. He had an awesome year. I think he went uh, was it three no four no. Yeah, he's on. Um, I mean, and that was after we didn't see him at all in twenty nineteen. I talked about this in the year in review like awards episode because he was. Uh, one of the guys that we had up for comeback fighter of the year. Yeah. Because he didn't fight at all in 2019. 2018, he finished off his year in a main event against Santiago Ponzinibbio. Had an injury. Destroyed. Yeah, got destroyed. So then he bounces back in a big way in 2020. And now that leads him into this matchup with Chiesa, who I don't think we've seen since January. Yeah, he beat, he beat Dos Anjos in January, and I don't think we've seen him since. Since December of 2018, Kiesa has fought three times. Wow. Three-fight win streak. Neil also yeah. on a three-fight win streak, but if we're talking who's been more active, definitely Neil. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious for you, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Because I kind of just said... Oh. Well, we've got two grapple-heavy guys. Right. So do we have one of those fights where, you know, we've got an Us- uh, Usman versus uh, Covington, Dern versus... Uh, Janjadoba. 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 So close. You know, that's how it tends to be with when we got grappler versus grappler. Um, Both very similar styles. I really don't know how this is going to play out because if this is on the feet, I don't know how good of a striking fight we're going to have. I mean, not that these guys don't have power, hmm. but we obviously know that they are best on the ground. But again, just like Mackenzie Dern looked good and. Usman and Covington both, so you never know with these grappler-grappler matchups, but I think the importance of this fight is going to bring out the best in these guys. Being able to put themselves into that contender quote-unquote status, mm-hmm. it's an important fight. 
Yeah, Neil Magny, typically, if he's not grappling, he likes to clinch up on the feet. Yes. So he's, someone that, he's someone that likes to close the distance and then just kind of, like, pick his shots in the clinch. Yes. Um, just try to smother his opponents, basically. Uh, Kiesa, I believe, is going to be the bigger fighter here. Not the taller fighter, not the link, lengthier, lankier fighter, but I believe he'll be the bigger fighter. Right. Just off of the eye test so i don't know if that if that kind of um game plan is actually going to be a benefit to magni because i think he is going to have the reach advantage i could be wrong about this so i want to they do have long arms both guys magni's very long-limbed which is why it's so surprising that he typically does clinch up but it works out for him yeah he's very good at what he does um i'm excited for this i think that we are gonna we're either gonna see as you said one guy's Grappling's gonna prevail, mm-hmm. or we're gonna get a stand up. Yeah, we're gonna cancel each other out. And you get a stand up war, exactly. And it might be very sloppy. You know, typically, I mean, even though it's an amazing fight, Usman Covington is kind of a sloppy stand up fight. I mean, they're not technical stand up fighters, but they put on a hell of a show because they were literally trying to knock each other's heads right. off for five rounds. <clears throat> so if we get that here, sign me up, dude. Wednesday card. Fuck what? it. It's what literally in the middle of the day on a Wednesday. That's so crazy. But I'm I'm so happy about it. Bruh. I'm literally going to get off work. That's the day I work from home. My ass is going to be sitting in the damn yeah. chair. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to literally get off work and then go sit on the couch and watch fights. Yeah. It's crazy. It's fine with me. Yeah. Uh, so then that will be headlining that Wednesday card, like I mentioned, January 20th. Uh, three days later, on January 23rd, we had our co-main event announced, <laughs> and it's probably the fight that I think we most, at least for me, it was the fight I would thought was most likely to be set here. Listen, I don't know about the fight, but I knew damn well Michael Chandler was going to be fighting somebody. At yeah. the I, and, I, and I know there was a lot of people calling for Gaethje. Um, it's ended up being Michael Chandler versus Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker, the number Six, six right ranked now. Uh, lightweight. I almost said five, but he got moved back with uh, Oliveira, mm-hmm. which he's relevant in this too. So that's our new coming event. Uh, an awesome fight. First oh, yeah. off, uh, a lot of people wanted Gaethje in the spot instead of Hooker, and then there was uh, the interview Dana White did with uh, the schmo, where he broke this news on that in, in that interview. And he said that originally they had offered the Michael Chandler fight in this spot on this card to Charles Oliveira, who, mind you, just fought a month ago. Uh, Oliveira said he was he was concerned about trying to make the weight a second time, so they said they're going to try to look and do something else for him, which we'll talk more about that. A oh bit later. yes, we will. But instead, you get Dan Hooker here, not Charles Oliveira. First off, him being included in this discussion, even though. I know when we were talking before we started recording, you were like, well, no, Oliveira shouldn't accept that fight. And I'm not saying right. he should, but it actually gives me confidence that the UFC were trying to put him in this matchup. Like, it tells me that they're buying in the Charles Oliveira. Oh, you have to now. You have no choice. You cannot deny him. Exactly. So I'm very excited for this co-main. I think this is going to be a great fight. Dan Hooker always comes to battle. Like, even in his losses, like... Think of the fight where he got beat up the most, Edson Barboza. Remember that fight? Oof. The body work by oh, Barboza? Brutal. 
But what a damn fight that was because Hooker never stopped coming until Just he like literally Dustin. couldn't. Like his probably both his body shut down. Yeah, literally his liver just couldn't take it anymore. Like when um, Rory McDonald's nose yeah, broke. Exactly. Except this was with his liver. It was literally like it wasn't that he got knocked out or yeah. like he just couldn't take the pain anymore. Yeah. And that's the kind of matchup that I'm excited for here because Michael Chandler, while he's a wild card, he is because t- I'm going to be honest. Like I've not seen a lot of his work. I mean, obviously I know. A lot about Michael Chandler, but I've, I've we've been very honest and open about the fact that we have very uh, new to Bellator, right? And because of that, a lot of Michael Chandler's uh, dominance or prevalence over there is kind of a miss. Yep, on us. But I know how well rounded he is. I know that he is a guy that will keep it on the feet. He'll take you down. He can kind of do everything. I got to think that his advantage here is to try to get this fight to the ground. Especially with a guy with such good Muay Thai striking like Hooker. It's probably in his best interest, I'd have to imagine. Yeah. And he's given him a lot of praise. I mean, Chandler has basically said on multiple occasions now that Hooker's like the most difficult matchup for him. And for a guy to even admit that says a lot. I mean, we're both really excited to have Chandler in. We like the way he carries himself. Mm. And uh, how he has so much respect, but also so much confidence in himself. Very unique guy. And Hooker's kind of the same way. The way he's acted against some of his opponents and stuff. Well, he, with comes Dustin. Out of, he comes out of that Aussie camp yeah. with uh, Adesanya. Yeah, and, and uh, Volkanovski. Yeah, so, so he's, he's definitely got... He carries himself like a champion, yeah. Dan Hooker does. Yeah. Uh, like a guy who he... He's surrounded by greatness every yeah. day. Yeah. That's a great fight. That it's so important, by the way, that this is a co-main to Connor versus Dustin. Yeah, we have we can't stress that we enough. Could potentially the winners here could yeah. potentially be fighting exactly unless it's Dustin and Dan. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine they'd book that rematch. But any other combination, I could totally see that being oh, the next yeah. matchup. You know, it's the the top of the heap at lightweight is just it's unbelievable. It's so exciting, but it also like is a headache. It, yeah, it makes my head hurt because I can't lock down for sure what someone's next matchup is. Yeah. You know, there's no obvious. It's like those route. math problems where they used to say like you have this many apples, this many oranges, yep. this many bananas. How many yeah. combinations yeah. can you do? Because it's literally you got Connor, who's such a wild card. Obviously, you just mentioned Chandler being a wild card. We don't even know how good he's going to be. Yeah, will this be another Ben Askren? You know, I, I'm not saying he will be. But, but I'm just saying, like, will this guy fizzle out, or will he be for real? So, like, right now we're talking. I mean, there, if there, if we were doing this podcast after Askren fought uh, Robbie Lawler, uh, we would probably be talking about Askren like a guy who was one win away from a title mm-hmm. shot. I mean, he really was. Yeah. So he- it's um, it's cra- It's it's interesting. And now, like, Tony's a guy that we're not even talking about as much for the the top of the heap you know and then you've got guys like rda making his return to the division felder's still there like gaichi literally is on a tear and has only lost to habib yeah. in the last two years you got diego fajara who's at the back of the pack that's like so underrated but a guy who's looked really good it's crazy man yeah and then even like kevin lee's a guy that has a lot of uh upside to be like a future champion I, my hope is that we are 17 days out from some clarity in the lightweight division. It'd be nice. Hopefully. Yeah. 
Um, so that's all for January. February 13th, this is UFC 258. We got our headliner. It's a fight, finally, it's I think the third time this has been booked now. Kamaru Usman defending his title, his welterweight title, versus Gilbert Burns, the number one contender. This is happening February 13th. Um, this, is the, this is the matchup that needs to happen. It's, Please stay together. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like we've talked about this matchup a little bit because it was originally supposed to happen at 250. Well, originally it was supposed to headline UFC 251, Fight Island. Burns gets COVID, gets pushed to UFC 256 to end the year. Uh, don't really know what happened okay. there. I think Usman had an injury. Yeah. So now it's UFC 258. Yeah. This is a big fight, obviously. <laughs> but for Burns, you know, his rise has been so quick. And he was a guy that kind of floundered in another division. He, he moved up yeah. weight classes. He was a, a lightweight fighter in the UFC. Um, he was not great. Yeah. I mean, not bad. Don't Like, he's had his... Well, he uh, lost to Dan Hooker. Yeah. And he was just... It just wasn't the right weight class for him. So he moves up, and not only does his jiu-jitsu ability carry over, He's on it. but his striking, his knockout power has basically doubled since he moved up in weight. Yeah, You know, it's a big jump up. You're, you're talking 15 pounds rather than the usual 10. So for Gilbert Burns, this is a huge fight for him, and it's a fight I think a lot of people are going to count him out of because wow. of that quick rise. And He's still relatively unknown. And Usman is been a very dominant champion even yeah. though he's only had two title defenses at this point but the he's way so good he's literally since he's been in the ufc he's looked nothing short of unstoppable yeah i mean never lost in the ufc right yeah he's only got one loss i don't think that was in the ufc i don't think so either so i mean he's 12 and 0 in the ufc gilbert burns is on a six fight win streak and they're finally clashing at least i hope yeah day before valentine's day too <laughs> a little spicy right yeah right uh yeah, I just think I think it's a great matchup. They were uh, these guys were former training partners. Yeah. So that that whenever you get the training partners involved, these are guys that are going to be very familiar with mm-hmm. each other. And it definitely throws a wrench. In a things. lot of times that can lead to an underdog victory. I yeah. mean, because you're Burns literally has seen Usman more than any other fighter has in that whole division. That's true. So he'll know potentially. Usman's weaknesses. What are his soft spots? Where he can, where he, where can he really get in and attack him? And he also he's felt that strength of Usman. You know, he he knows what the what's coming oh, yeah. with that. Oh yeah. So he can better prepare to not get caught up in that, like you know maybe Masvidal did or whatever. So. And I think I mean even as early, even as recent as like a month or so ago, they were still at the same gym. So it's not like, oh, it's been a few years, so they mm-hmm. they know what they used to be good at. No, like, they were just at the same gym a month or so ago, training and seeing what they do every day. It's very I love it. I love the respect that's there, but it's like, it's respect, but it's like, you know, Burns is like, well, he's the top of the mountain, and I want to be at the top, so he's got to go. Exactly. I it's almost thought- like... Um, when uh, Woodley took the belt from Lawler, it's kind of what it's like. Yeah, that actually former is a, teammates. You yeah, know? that's a great comparison. So it's like, yeah, he's a good guy. I like him. We're teammates. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm gonna, gonna beat his in. ass. Exactly. <laughs> that's 
I just, I don't know. There's something so interesting about that. <clears throat> that's a great fight. Oh, yeah. that's a great fight. A week later, uh, we have another rebooking here. I don't know if this has been confirmed as the headliner or not. February 20th, uh, we're getting our rebooking of Curtis Blades' Derek Lewis. I think it is. Okay. I would imagine it would be. Um, that's a big heavyweight fight, you know. Uh, this was originally going to headline... Uh, I believe it was the end of November. Yeah, it was yeah, the one was like that the, uh, Anthony Smith ended up taking yeah, over with Devin the, Clark. I think it was... The, yeah, yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> that fight ended up falling out because, I believe... Blades had COVID the day of. Yeah. He literally weighed in and everything. Yeah. So that's why they had to kind of scramble to put that main event together with Anthony Smith and yeah. Devin or, Clark. Uh, yeah, it was, we recorded when Anthony was the main event. So it was like the yeah. day that we recorded, so on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. we didn't even have the poster <laughs> yeah, yet. We didn't have the poster or nothing. <laughs> So, I'm glad this fight's getting rebooked. This is a fight that makes sense. Even though I I mentioned when Surreal Gone beat JDS, I'd like to see him fight Curtis Blades, and I still want that matchup. I think that's the matchup to make. But, based off where these guys are, based off of their resume, these this is the fight that makes sense. You have two guys here, Blades and Lewis, who have not fought each other. They're both in similar positions. Really, like, Lewis should not be in that awkward of a position. Like, when you really think about it, like, we act like he's in an awkward spot, but he has a, technically, he has a win over Ngannou. Yeah. It's, well, yeah, I don't true. care what, look, at the end of the day. There's <laughs> another shit sandwich. Are we, are we gonna, <laughs> are we gonna go by what we think, what we thought happened? I mean, nobody won that fight. The, the facts are that the judges said Derek Lewis won the fight. So, in a way, Shouldn't he be the one getting the title? <laughs> I'm I'm definitely like now you're joking. pushing. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely joking. Now. But this but, is a number one contender fight. I mean, if there's not a guy named John Jones, that's the problem. Because well, Blades, you know, he's in. He's the one that is in the awkward spot. He's got two nobody losses. Likes well, he's he's definitely ruffled some feathers within the uh, UFC. Um, he's been one of the guys that's talked out or spoke out about fight or pay and about how he's not getting the title shot and he deserves it and all this stuff and he's he's definitely kind of he's he's definitely been ired by the fans because he pretty much owns up to his style yeah he says i'm gonna do what i need to win and i'm gonna destroy he's like don't don't come in ready to watch like a five-round war i'm gonna take him down and, and smash him that's it. Precisely. And I'm going to get the victory. Dana didn't really like that. And I don't blame him. You know, it's like you want guys to put on exciting fights. Uh, but I, I also don't blame Blades for, I mean, he's really good. He's, he's and honestly, a bit underrated as far as his finishing ability, too. Because uh, Alistair Overeem, anybody? <laughs> Hellbows. Hellbows. So the guy has that killer instinct. It's just about showing it. You know, that Volkov fight. Not a great way. When you're going into the fight talking about how you deserve a title shot and you deserve more money and all this, and you just have a very boring fight, a fight where even though he dominated, didn't really look that good. Like he gassed out. Um, so he's got a lot to prove here. Yeah. Because, again, he's the one that's lost to Ngannou twice. So you know he's never going to be able to – he's not going to ever jump Ngannou for a title that's shot. That's true. And even if Ing- if Ngannou wins, like, do you really book that fight a third time? I don't know. I, I I mean, I guess you do if he keeps winning. But 
it's an awkward spot for Blades, and I I just think he needs a highlight real type win here. Yeah, I mean, it, I need to see some elbows. And if you if you look at it the other way, and Lewis were to somehow, oh, that sounded you know, I'm favoring Blades in the fight. I'll just put it that uh, way. Yeah, but I, if Lewis can beat Blades, say Ngannou beats Stipe, that doing that rematch is, is better than doing Blades and Ngannou, even though the first fight was so bad <laughs> yeah so i agree it's interesting i mean it is a number one contender fight on paper but then like i mentioned you've got john jones now so it's just another division there's just so many question marks yeah, true a week after that february 27th now that uh, is the card headlined by rakich and uh dominic reyes yeah, as of now i believe it is uh february 27th an- another big fight at light heavyweight magomed ankalaev nikita mm. krylov Co-main, question mark? It could be. Mm, That's a good one. Yeah, so we have not we have not gotten a chance to talk about Krylov on this podcast. That's true. Ankalaev did fight uh, Ion Kudaleva at UFC 254 and looked incredible. God, that fight was rebooked so many times. I can't remember when it happened. I think it was two. It was the it was the first fight of the main card. Yeah, it was the Habib. It was Habib Gaethje. Um, and he starts. Oh Kudaleva. man! Knocked him out cold. After you know all the build up, mm-hmm. all the the, the controversy yeah. in the first fight. Yeah, and the fact that like you, everybody thought this was gonna be like the fight of the night, and Ankalaev said, "Hold my beer, buddy." Starts them, and he is one of the he is that next wave of the Dagestani fighter. And this is his big test and right it's here. Right here Krylov and Nikita Krylov is not a big name in this division, but he's, he's a staple. He is. He yeah. is a staple and do not sleep on him. Uh he has a big win. I I mean he's got he be uh actually we Krylov last fought on the Oliveira Lee card. Yeah, he, he beat, beat Johnny, Johnny Walker. Walker. Yeah. Very boring fight. But if you want to go before that, he beat Jimmy Crew. He's the only guy who's beat Jimmy the Brute Crew. Yeah, then he beat OSP. His only blunder in the past couple of years was to Glover Teixeira, who we know is basically a number yeah. one contender um, outside of Israel Adesanya. And that was via split decision. Yeah. So Krylov's been in there with the best of them, and more often than not comes out with a win. Yeah, so he's definitely underrated. On Kaliyev, I would even say the same for him, even yeah. though he's got more of that prospect. Um there's more of a prospect label on him, while Krylov at this point is kind of a vet. Yeah, I mean, younger guy, 14-1, and one, ranked 11th now. This is his chance to crack into that top 10. For Krylov, it's interesting because if he can stop another up-and-comer, mm-hmm. stop Walker, now if he stops Enclave, it's like, hmm, where does he kind of lie in this division? Does he finally get to crack that top five? So, interesting, and I think it also depends on how the performance is as well. Um, but that is a good fight on paper. It's an important one. I like how they're going to book that with Reyes and um, Rakich. Because, um, you know, potentially maybe the winner of this one fights the loser of that one. That would make yeah. sense. So we'll see what happens. I like when fights like that are booked on the same night. Yeah. It kind of just gives a little... Equal prep time. Yeah, for these you guys, know? Equal rest time. You know? Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. The week after that... <laughs> We're in March now. March 6th. Holy shitballs. UFC 259. This card is freaking crazy. We have our headliner and co-main announced. And guess what? They're both for gold. We like gold. Co-main event. Amanda Nunes defending her women's featherweight title against Megan Anderson. It's rescheduled finally. 
UFC 259. Headliner. Oh. Get ready for this, Don. I'm going to fall. Our light heavyweight champion, Jan Blachowicz, in his first title defense, is going up against the middleweight champion, <laughs> Israel Adesanya, as he looks to become champ champ. Oh, man. What are your thoughts here? Give, tell me what you're thinking about these. <laughs> Let's start with Amanda and Megan. Huh? Yeah, we'll, we'll start there. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for Amanda and Megan. I really am. We had a long conversation in the Twitter DMs a couple weeks ago about this fight. Um, you know, we're at the point now with Amanda Nunes where we just expect flawless performances, pure She's... dominance, finishes. You know what it reminds me of? Ronda Rousey. Yeah, she's really reached that level, and if not beyond it, um, you know, just the same way we see Valentina Shevchenko. I mean, that's the level that these two women are on, um, with Amanda even more so. So here with Megan, it's an interesting stylistic matchup. Megan's very long, six feet, six foot one inches tall, long legs, good on the ground, you know, decent on the feet, but it's like Amanda's so damn good. So it's like, okay, yeah, Megan's good on the feet, but is she as good as Amanda? Right. And you're like, well, Megan's really good on the ground. But you're like, wait, is she as good as Amanda <laughs> on the ground? So anywhere this fight goes, you just can't help but wonder, is Megan really going to be able to get the advantage anywhere in this fight? But I'm excited, nevertheless, to see the challenge she presents. She has a physical advantage. She is... Let's, I am interested to see how the length plays out. Yeah, that's that's her big advantage here is that she she is going to be the bigger fighter, and that's not something Amanda's really used to win against. Yeah. If you look at her matchups, she won the belt from Misha Tate. Misha Tate was not bigger than her. Rousey was not bigger than her. Valentina was definitely not bigger than her. The the, the most Cyborg. similar. Cyborg was the only other fighter that's been like bigger than. I her. mean, physically stronger, but I guess still overall size wise, still relatively yeah. the same. Megan really, Anderson. the only other one in Megan terms Anderson of length is, is GDR. Oh, and Megan's right. longer yeah. than GDR is. You know? and, uh, and, and a problem for GDR with that length was that she couldn't defend a takedown. The right, life. exactly. So is Megan Anderson going to fall in that same trap? I don't necessarily see that because Megan Anderson's background, her grappling background, is. I'll say Megan definitely has the step up in grappling compared to GDR. Yeah, but. Again, this is Amanda Nunes. It's so. Amanda Nunes. And, you know, I, I, I think that that's something we're going to have to be careful on moving forward with Amanda Nunes is how long can she sustain this run? Yeah. I mean, true. it's literally been five years at this point. Yeah, it has. She's reaching. I mean, she's already looked at. We've already said she's the women's goat. She's reaching the, the goat. Though, like, yeah, like status. yeah, overall, pound the only pound. problem for her is getting contenders because I mean, bantamweight, especially at featherweight, but yeah, bantamweight's just so up in the air. Yeah, featherweight, they essentially just bring in one fighter at a time. Yeah, so fighter. it's gonna be interesting to kind of see what does Megan Anderson bring to the table here. Anderson's had ups and downs in her UFC career, it's not been perfect. It started yeah. out very bad. Yeah, I mean, she had a lot of hype and she it got smashed immediately. Totally, Holly Holm and Holly destroyed her. Yep, on the ground, even. Yep, and that was kind of like a big wake up call to people. But you know, Megan Anderson looked really good in some of her wins, too. Like, she, she yep. knocked out Norma Dumont, yep. who looked really good in her last fight. Uh, she knocked her out. So Anderson's got the power. She's got that strength, that build of someone that can present a problem 
for Amanda Nunes, it's just about actually it, executing yeah. the right game plan. You know, yep. that's going to be the key because Amanda is going to be Amanda. Yeah. And that is the GOAT. Yeah, exactly. I'm not ready for the main event, though. <laughs> main event. Yeah, I forgot. We. Blahovic out of Sanya. Um, there's so much that we can. There's so many directions we can talk about here, but let's start with the fight itself. Well, well, let me pose a question first. Okay. Are you surprised they went this direction with Izzy? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, at first I was. But the more you sit like, on it. Like, when, when he beat Costa, I never in my mind thought he was going up to light heavyweight. Yeah, who would have thought that the guys that fought on the same night I, I had no, were going to fight? Like, I had no inkling that that was going to be the route that they were taking him. No. Is he had never? I mean, I guess he had talked about wanting to move up, but I'd never had heard that. You know, with a guy like McGregor, it felt like it was like inevitable, right? Um, even Amanda Nunes, even I mean, a lot of these fighters that went for that champ, champ, Max Holloway. When yeah, he Max, tried to we up, expected from you. Yeah. Expect that um, Henry Cejudo mm-hmm. made sense. But this one? But this one I definitely came out of left field for me at the time. And I'm not saying that like he shouldn't go up. I mean, he's looked so fantastic at middleweight. Like, why not? I did. I do like that he's gotten to defend the title a couple times. So, at least he's not just jumping in so, um, here's, without any defenses. So, but. let's 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 talk about um, some of the elephants in the room. There's a few elephants in the room. First off, Glover Teixeira not getting the title shot. Feel bad for him, man. Yeah, feel bad for him because he's 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 at, he's he doesn't have like any time left. No, he, he is an ageless wonder, but the clock has to set. Yeah, you know? and it's on a five fight win streak, man. The bigger problem for Glover is if Adesanya wins this fight, because then there's oh, uh, Adesanya yeah. Jones, but Jones said he won't ever go back to light heavyweight. Does that mean Adesanya's going up to heavyweight? He's going for three belts, dog. Who's going to get three belts first, him or Henry Cejudo? <laughs> That's, I do not want to have that debate right now. Uh, yeah, so feel bad for Glover Teixeira. Oh, man. Then this leaves middleweight up in the air. Yeah, true. Because we've heard some whispers. I don't know how leg- like legible these whispers are or like how... Um, you know, I don't know if you can really buy into some of these rumors, but apparently they want to do Costa Whitaker for the interim middleweight belt. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. I get it. Costa coming off a loss to Izzy that was very bad that you might not want to have him in another title fight, but these are, in my opinion, the top two middleweights right now, so oh yeah, why not? Now for the fight itself. Jan Blahovic is a guy I've counted out. I knew you were going to bring this up. Yeah, but you need to. You need to. Let I him need know. to. Yeah. Any gotta, new listeners out there, listen in. I got to paint the picture. Yes, paint it. Jan Blahovic has won like five straight fights, and I'm pretty sure I predict him to lose every single one. This is true. So let's rewind. Rewind. <laughs> what did it start with? It started with well, first off, he got knocked out by Tiago Santos. That was the last guy to beat him. Yeah, and that was like the second or third ESPN card. Yeah, and that was what sprung Tiago into a title shot. Jan Blahovic, since then, and I might be missing a fight here. He knocked out Luke Rockhold. I predict, and that was Luke's light heavyweight debut. Yeah, mind you, I thought Luke was going to win that fight. Jan, this is true. Jan. 
sent him to another dimension. What was the fight after that? After... Oh, then he fought uh, Jacare Souza. Yes. Also welcome him to hey, the light yeah, heavyweight division. Welcome him to light heavyweight. A fight that I thought Jacare was going to win. Also thought it was going to be a better fight than yeah, it ended that... up being. Jan gets the win there. Then, Corey. Then he fights Corey Anderson. Who I thought was on a tear. At who the time. Corey Anderson after the Johnny Walker when I said, you know what, I think it's his time yeah. to get a shot. Blow. <laughs> he sent him to Bellator. Sent him to Bellator. Yeah, and then Dominic. And then Dominic Reyes, who I thought beat John Jones. I said Dominic Reyes is gonna fucking he fucking roll. dominated that fight against the Dominator. Or no, that's Dominic Cruz. He dominated Dominic <laughs> Reyes. Yeah. That. You talk about like a, a a hidden gem for performance of the year in 2020, Jan Blahovich versus freaking Dominic Reyes, buddy. Yeah, so let me. That's the the point is. I have Noah doesn't count, like. I have counted. I have counted out Blahovich every step. You know of what way. the problem is? You don't believe in the Polish power. You know what I? What's crazy? I still don't believe that. <laughs> in this matchup here with Adesanya. I, I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> that water get on the wrong pipe? Get <laughs> on the wrong pipe. <clears throat> good? I'm good. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, <laughs> you guys can't see Dom, but his eyes and his face were about <clears throat> red as a tomato right there for a second. It's for the Polish power. Okay. Yeah, so I'm... I want... Like, I want to... If... if if Glover was getting the title shot yes. against Jan, I would probably lean Jan's way. Probably would. Mm-hmm. If Jan was going up against one of these other top of the heap guys at light heavyweight, I might pick him. But he's facing but he's a go- middleweight. He's going up against Adesanya, who is quickly rising. This is the third middleweight he will welcome to the light heavyweight division in the past two years. Yeah. And I'm just being honest. I I, I think Izzy's going to win this fight. But I, in my head, I'm like, am I really going <laughs> to... I can't keep doing this. Eventually, I'll, Jan Blahovic is going to pop off. Hey, I'll say right now, for a business standpoint for the UFC, they want Izzy to win this fight. Well, it, this is what I don't understand. Is you want to do Izzy John Jones. John Jones says, I will never fight a light heavyweight again. Now That, that, that paycheck's going to say different. Can he even cut down to my heavyweight anymore? That man looking big. He's on that protein and creatine, dog. That picogram diet. Uh oh. Oh no, I'm just kidding. John Jones is 245 pounds right now. Yeah. He looks like a bodybuilder. Yeah. He ain't but getting, he ain't getting up to light heavy. He's coming back down to light heavy. Man, that's crazy. I, Listen, I don't. I have nothing else to say. Super got, fight. This is my point. Super fight. Hold on, let me just end it here. Sorry. And I'll let you take over. <clears throat> Because I, I feel like I'm not really... I'm like ta- saying a lot of words, but I'm not really saying Yeah, anything. what are you doing? All I got from this is that you don't like Jan Blahovic. No, no, no. <laughs> Jan, I love you, buddy. You look like our friend Tyler, by the way. I, I respect... I res- yes, he does. <laughs> I respect you so much for the fact that you seem to be counted out of all these fights by me. Another ageless wonder, by the way. 38 years old. 37 years yeah. old. Um, and yet you keep coming out on top. I'm still going to count him out in this fight. That's all. I'm, it's just unfortunately, I, I don't, I don't see him winning this fight without Asanya. Yeah, he is the bigger guy. Obviously, he's the light heavyweight. He's the guy with more knockout power. 
But again, this is Adesanya Costa all over again, Adesanya Romero all over again, Adesanya Whitaker all over again. Adesanya has never had the power advantage, and yet, well, you know, you know knocks out his opponents. My, my thing with the the Izzy effect, Pat, uh, trademark pending. <laughs> yeah. Um, will that come into play here again? You know, no. I'm re- <laughs> I'm really intrigued to see how this plays out stylistically. Um, Izzy's a big middleweight in terms of height. So that's not going to be an issue. The reach, um, but Jan's a big, strong guy. I, I'm intrigued to see how Izzy looks at 205 pounds because I'd have to imagine that's about what he walks around at. Yeah, he might even walk around less than that. He doesn't seem to have any issues. Yeah, he's not weight. a huge middleweight by any means. Um, his legs are a bit thicker than what I think meets the eye when you see him fight. Um, he's a strong guy. I'm really intrigued here stylistically. It's definitely going to be a stand-up fight. We know that. Never know. I mean, Jan could always surprise us, I guess. Um, I can't help but go with Izzy, my gut feeling, right now. Could that change come our preview episode in March? I mean, maybe, yeah. probably not. It's just Izzy is Izzy. Undefeated for a reason. We say that all the time. Right. And this guy <laughs> is essentially, at this point, like if he becomes a double champ three years into the UFC... That's crazy, man. Quickly rising in goat talk. Oh, quickly. If he does this, remains undefeated, then we're talking a fight with John Jones potentially. Like, the sky's the limit for this kid, man. Yep. I, I'm. This is awesome. We love the super fights every now and again, and this is a big one, especially to have in the first quarter of the year. So, and for Blahovich, he needs a win here to really because that win over Reyes was super impressive and shows that he is the best light heavyweight. Yeah. But man, if he beats Izzy, if he loses to Izzy, oh. then all you're gonna see is that he was like the guy that held the belt for a few months between Jones and Izzy. Right. That's true. That's that's unfortunately what it's gonna be looked at as, and it's not right. That's not how it should be. But years from now, people aren't necessarily gonna remember Blahovich over Reyes. They're gonna see Reyes had he never defended the belt. He lost it. Jones had it for literally years off and on. Blahovich wins it just to hold it until Izzy decided to come up and then take it and have a sustained run. That's how it's going to be looked at as. So it's a big fight for both guys. If you're talking about legacy, if you're just talking about opportunity. I mean, if Blahovich beats Adesanya. He's in an interesting spot if he beats Adesanya. I'll tell you that. You know what? I'll say it. If he beats Adesanya, he's the he's the new Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, <laughs> that is a great way to compare careers. I think if he beats Adesanya, you're talking about like a star. And he, he has a nation behind him. He's yeah. got Poland behind him. Yeah. You know, like Joanna was their queen. This is the king right here, yeah. Jan Blachowicz. So that's a that is a good comparison there. I can't say it enough. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Yes. Um, but we'll leave it there. We'll see you in March for that one. Two weeks after that, March 20th, we get our headliner, Derek Brunson, Kevin Holland. Ooh, I love that. It feels weird to be waiting three months for the next Kevin Holland fight. That's instead true. Instead of three days. This is true. Or three weeks. This is also true. He wanted to fight on January 20th. <laughs> he was trying to step in. He said, I'll fight January 20th and keep my main event with uh, Brunson as well. Uh, I was like, sign me up. Yeah. So what are your thoughts here? We we we've talked a lot about Brunson's uh, big win <sighs> against Shabazian, but this is yeah. Bit... So are we going to compare these two, um, Holland and Shabazian? 
in terms of like how are they going to label this fight is holland looked at as kind of that prospect like shabazian i think he's already kind of surpassed what shabazian did in he's terms top of 10 that, now you know what i mean once to me once you that reach, one over jacare did a lot once you reach top 10 in a division to me the prospect labels off you're there 11 yeah. through 15 you can still get away with it like hamzad i think still has a bit of a prospect oh yeah but holland is sustained he is he is at this point for real as the kids say <laughs> so this he, guy fought five times in one year and won all five of them yeah and he's going up against brunson who's such a just a guy who's just hung around the top for years at this point he's had his bright spots he's had his downward <laughs> spirals you know he's had his tough goes but he's coming off probably one of the biggest wins of his career. Yeah, against looked so good against one Edmund, of the biggest man. prospects. Was undefeated at the time. He's on a three fight win streak. These guys are gonna shit talk too yeah. going into that fight. Yeah. It's gonna be so fun. Um, stylistically, here for this one, I think we really have two very almost similar styles. Like we know based off of this last fight, how good. Holland's going to be on the ground. Brunson, I guess, as a just pure wrestler, still going to have the advantage. Yeah. But does he want to go to the ground with Holland after what we just saw? Holland might not have the pedigree of a Brunson, but his aggressiveness on the ground is something to admire. And then on the feet, Brunson's good on the feet, but man, Holland... Kind of known to be a stand-up fighter. This is really a toss-up fight for me. I'm going to be honest. Like, I know Holland's riding the wave right now and could have been, you know, the breakout newcomer of the year if it wasn't for a guy named Hamzat. And even still, could call him. I mean, shit, Kevin Holland was second on our fighter of the year. Yeah. Not just newcomer. So, and for Brunson, this is a guy, like you said, he's always just around there, but he can't get that big win. This is like... Kevin Holland is slowly becoming a household name, like a superstar to right. the MMA community. So if Brunson can do this, right after stopping an up-and-coming undefeated prospect with Ronda Rousey doing like Instagram live videos with Dana White about him, yeah, this is big for Brunson. He has a lot more to prove than Holland does here, in my opinion. Mm. I'll, I'll go that much. It's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do I agree with that? This fight's... Don't you think this... I don't know, man. Like, like, if you ask me right now on the spot who I think is going to win, I couldn't answer. I couldn't. I mean, my gut says Kevin Holland, but that's also not fair to Brunson because it's it's a lot of it's due to momentum right now. I know Brunson does have good... He has positive momentum, but we haven't seen him since August while Holland has fought like four times since the last time we saw uh, Brunson. When Brunson beat Shabazian, that dude was riding... A wave. Oh yeah, he man. was booked, I believe, against Yoel Romero at one point, wasn't he? We're talking Sh- Brunson. Brunson, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, they were really trying to give him that opportunity. This is a big fight for him, even though technically Holland is ranked below him. True. This is one of the biggest names in the division at this uh, exactly. point. Exactly. That's what it's about these and days. And that's why really. I'm like, that's what I said about Leon going up against Hamza. I think that fight makes more sense than people give it credit for because. If you win over someone that's so huge in the sport, you get that rub. You get some of that, some of that clout, exactly. or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so this fight, there's a lot at stake for both guys. 
you know, Holland, he could he could potentially end up being a huge star. But if he falters here in a matchup with Brunson, then it's like, do, Make we, a good do we start to put a ceiling on how great can he be? Right. While for Brunson, he's already had the gatekeeper kind of career, but coming off the biggest win, if he wins this, he shakes that completely in my eyes. Yeah, and I mean... You start is, looking at, he's on the best run of his career. How yeah, far can he take This it? will be back-to-back main events. He's getting out there to more you know, fans and viewers. And with Israel it's, Adesanya mm-hmm. looking like he's leaving the division. It's it's open. Um, Brunson, the guy who got kind of embarrassed by Adesanya, that opens the door for him to maybe even... Like, I could almost see this essentially like, we've got 8 versus 10, right? Right. The winner of this, one more fight after that, would be top 5, I'd have to imagine. You could be talking a title fight for either one of these guys in two fights. You really could, just based on the division and just how it works. And again, it's all about this name value, how you get your wins. It's intriguing for a lot of ways. I've said intriguing a lot this episode, but there's a lot of damn good fights on this. Yeah. Um, I love this fight. I'm so excited. It's a main event for five rounds. Because I would like to think, if we go into those rounds four and five, it's Brunson. It's favoring Brunson. You think so? We saw how Holland looked against Darren Stewart. He got very tired. Um, So, and of course, he can try and condition and get trained. He's got three months. But I'm saying that could play a factor. Keep that in mind if we get to those championship rounds. Love this fight. They're already talking trash two months out. Yeah, true. Derek Brunson saying, hey, big mouth, where are you at? And Kevin Holland's firing right back at him. And, whoo, I love it. Here's That's one of my favorite... Fight announcements on yeah. this list. You know what's one of mine? This, this next, next one. one. <laughs> a week later, this is not one of the biggest ones, but you're talking prospect versus prospect, baby. Light heavyweight. Johnny Walker versus Jimmy Crute. Sign me up. People, give Johnny Walker some respect now. I get it. We were, we all we all were saying this is the guy to beat John Jones. We thought wrong. Corey Anderson said, "Psych." Nikita Krylov said, "Double psych." <laughs> then he gets a big win over Ryan Spann, but a win where he got hurt pretty bad. That fight was freaking wild. <laughs> yeah. So in a way, you know, Johnny Walker's got his mojo back, but Jimmy Crew, ESPN he ain't MMA, have the mojo for long. ESPN MMA ranked him number one fighter under twenty five years old. Uh, he's a brute. <laughs> no no pun intended there. Yeah, I mean, literally the only blemish here, Jimmy Crude is 12-1. and one. His only loss, September 14th, 2019, Misha Serkinov. We oh, thought it was Krylov. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Same thing. Okay, not the same thing, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Same type of fighter, same type of status in the division is yeah. what I meant by that. Other than that, he's looked untouchable. He finishes every fight he's in. He's already got four finishes in the UFC, all four of his wins, mind you. Johnny's a crazy-ass fighter. He's learned to be slightly more patient, but then again, we saw the Ryan Spann fight, and that all went out the window. That fight was crazy. If you guys haven't seen that fight, you need to <laughs> go watch that fight. <laughs> the way it ends, everything is just a mind I fuck. swear they both at one point were knocked out at the same time. <laughs> anyway, this fight's awesome. I think if Jimmy Crew can get this to the ground, he dominates easily. If it stays on the feet, definitely more interesting. But, man, they call him the brute for a reason, Noah. I love this fight, but I, 
This is one of the ones where I'm confidently going with a winner mm. this far out. Jimmy Crute just really I, seems I like the it. real deal. I get it. Jimmy Crute, I'm a big fan of his. I'm a big proponent for Jimmy Crute. I'm loving kind of this run he's on. I think he's got a bit a high ceiling. Um, for Johnny Walker, I get it. Stock is still kind of low on him right now. But I think it's kind of the guy you can buy low on. Mm-hmm. In a way, he's the light heavyweight Michelle Pereira. That is a good way of putting it. Because... Johnny Walker has a lot of losses in his career, and I think that was maybe the one holdup for people to really buy into him as like a opponent for John Jones or whatever. He seems to lose when he kind of beats himself. That's true. You know, the Corey Anderson fight, Corey came in hungry. Yeah. He came in pissed, and he let Johnny Walker have it. Johnny was a little bit maybe too relaxed, a little too... Um, carefree, I guess, in that fight. Like, looked like he was just maybe too confident mm-hmm. in himself. Then he had the fight with uh, Nikita Krylov where he looked too hesitant. He was too slow to, or just too reluctant can, to engage. He he had lost some of that confidence. Can he find that perfect in-between? Yeah, so then you get the Ryan Spann fight where it's like, okay, he won and he knocked him out, so good. He got his confidence back, but also he was hurt bad. Yeah, it was right? wild. And, it, and I'm talking a fight, Very that, a fight that literally went two and a half minutes, yeah. three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if he would have gotten knocked out in a couple minutes, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no. And that was against a guy, mind you, that's a submission specialist. And he almost got knocked out on the feet. Span's a big guy, though. Oh, yeah. I, I, I get, yeah, I, I get your point. So, Walker's got to find that in between. Michelle Pereira seemed to kind of find that in his that's, last fight. He has. So... That's this is big for Walker, and he he's been training with uh, Coach Cavanaugh, uh, yeah. Conor McGregor's head coach, which well, is he's very also interesting. At time, I, I don't know if he still is, but he was uh, being coached by Faraz Sahavi, who's the GSP's uh, coach. Mm. Um, I don't know if he's yeah he's kind of he's been going to a lot of these big. Camps. I like that though that the young you know the young guy wants to really expand and just learn from yeah many he's, great he's people, really you know? he's really moved around a lot. That can be a good thing or a bad thing depending. But um, that's why I like I like this matchup because Jimmy Crew is still so young. He's twenty four. That we're yet to see the real like how good can he really be? We won't know that for years potentially. So Walker, in a way, this is kind of a good matchup for both guys. For Crew, you get a bigger name in the division, and a guy who has stumbled along the way a Mm. little bit his last couple fights. So you look at it like, okay, I can win this fight. I have a clear advantage. But for Johnny Walker, he's not going up against a, a veteran who of the division. He's going up against another young stud. So I, you can kind of, when you're younger, I feel like you can kind of be dragged into that wild brawl kind of fight. And if Johnny can make things crazy like he likes to do, there's no telling. Jimmy Crute's only loss in that fight with, uh, he says, Misha Serkinov. Yeah. That was a cra- a wild fight because Jimmy hurt Serkinov, but then ended up getting caught in a submission. Right. That's how when you're these young guys, they still got to learn that kind of patience and not to necessarily go for the the kill shot. You know, take your time. And you know, I mean, I'll say in terms of uh, competition, I mean, Serkinov is the biggest test for Crew. He lost that fight. Outside of that. You know, really a lot of lesser-known guys. Johnny Walker has been in there with some very tough competition. Yeah. I realize 
the two biggest names were losses, but beating a guy like Ryan Spann, coming in and getting those quick knockouts to start his career, he's definitely been in there and seen more and more octagon time. Didn't he knock out Misha Serkinov? He may have. Isn't that the guy who he knocked? That might have been one of his debuting fights. Yeah, it was like one of his knockouts in like 30 seconds. Or so it's, it's interesting here. Will the experience and the guys that Walker has fought play a factor? You know, especially, like we said, Walker's only 28. Jimmy Crude is 24 years old. And he's already looked at as the number one prospect, 25 and younger. Yeah. It's a fun one. But I'm still, as of now, I, I got to go Jimmy Crute. But again, that could all. Yeah, I, I I get it. In my head, I'm kind of the same way. But we'll see when we when that mm-hmm. time comes. You said that's the twenty seventh, twenty seventh of March. Yep. Okay. Uh, a few weeks after that, April tenth. We're in April. Yeah, it's our last one here. This is the fight. day before my birthday. This is for fight announcement. This is my birthday fight. <laughs> yeah, Mackenzie Dern is back. After her big win over Verna Janadova. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this fight. This fight's awesome. She's going up against Nina. Nina's Ansara, back. Nina's AKA back. AKA Nina Nunez. Yes. She's back after taking time off to have a baby. She's back, but she's got a tough opponent here, Mackenzie Dern, who's surging right oh, now. Oh, yeah, could have been the female fighter of the year. Went 3 0 in 2020, two of them by uh, submission, one of them a knee bar. Then that freaking great fight with Janda Dope. Janda Dova. Janda Dova. Oh, I had it. I should have just went with it. Anyway, Mackenzie has shown a lot of improvements fight by fight. She's literally getting better every fight. And it showed a lot when we got to see her stand up. Not that it was crispy clean, but she looked good and had a lot of good shots. Nina hasn't fought since June, and that was against Tantiana Suarez, Noah. Yeah, it was. The female Habib. Yes, it was. Pure domination. But before that, I'd beaten Ronda Marcos. I'd beaten Claudia Gadella. <sighs> Nina's got the striking advantage here. Oh, yeah. She's going to want to keep it on the feet. Yeah. Especially, you know, like I said, gets dominated by Suarez, a pure wrestler. Then you get you your next fights against a jiu-jitsu practitioner. Tough two fights here for Nina, but the time off could have served its purpose. Could not have, again, had a kid in between. Will she be ready to go? Come April, I'd say so. She's always been in fantastic shape. This is a big fight. I mean, Nina is ranked fifth. Wow, I didn't realize Nina is ranked fifth in this division. Dern's finally surging. She's ranked 11th. Here's here's my thing. Here's my thing. Mackenzie Dern got a lot of compliments for her improvement on the feet, and rightfully so. Is she going to fall in love with that? Because remember, like, Ronda Rousey, when she fought Holly Holm. Fell in love with her hands, got knocked the fuck out because there's levels. If Mackenzie Dern decides that she wants to try to make a proof point or just decides that she thinks that her stand-up is that good, it could be a rough day for her because Nina is Nina's definitely a step up when you're talking striking. Oh, yeah. And uh, in terms of just competition. Yeah, true. However, if this fight gets to the ground, clear advantage for Mackenzie Dern. So both fighters have a clear advantage here. Mm-hmm. Who's going to prevail? That's the that's what we're doing here. And while Dern is definitely the one that I'm leaning towards right now, because this is a tough fight to come back to. Oh yeah. After you took time off to have a baby, mm-hmm. so therefore it's not like you can necessarily train as uh, I don't know. I look pregnant women be impressing me all the time with the <laughs> shit they can do. Uh, so there's no telling what she was able to do. 
But I can tell you that she wasn't going through a fight camp. Right, right. <laughs> so Meanwhile, Mackenzie Dern gets three fights in yeah, one year. Exactly. You know? So it'll be interesting to see, like, how good is it, Nina still? Like, is she still that budding contender, that, that top five? And for Dern, is she ready to take that next step? And you talk about the ultimate MMA power couple. Step aside, <laughs> Megan Olivia and Joseph Benavidez. Amanda Nunes and Nina Ansarov. We could be talking two champions being together at some point down yeah. the line. This is this is a really fun fight for Nina. How's she going to return? How's she going to look? For Mackenzie, are you ready to really take that step? Because after this, she's right there. Mm-hmm. She's right there. People have been waiting on Dern to be in that title mix. This is the one to put her there. Yeah. That's all for the fight announcements. But we got a few more of... The rest. Don't go. We got just a couple more things. Yeah. Nothing crazy. A couple things. This is probably the biggest one. Uh, this Hol- is huge. Holloway versus Cater happening January 16th. It's on a Saturday. Um, it's going to air on ABC. Yeah, ABC Network, people. First time ever. Now, we're talking the network where NBA games are on Christmas Day. Yeah. Now, the U- UFC, you know, they had the Fox deal, so they're not a stranger. And now the ESPN deal, so they're not a stranger being on network television but abc this is, is a whole nother level i mean you're talking it's one of the most watched television you're literally channels. you're literally talking the major sports now yeah because like you mentioned the nba being on there football's always on abc like college football yeah um it's this is huge yeah, I mean, this is like, well, they have the massive shows on the weekdays, the mass singers and the dancing with the stars. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the biggest television channels in the world. Yeah. And the UFC is going to be on it. <clears throat> and you get to see Holloway versus Cater get that kind of platform. Yeah, not only is it that a great main event to have, we're returning to Fight Island. Mm-hmm. The first fight's back in four weeks. The hiatus, everybody's itching and clawing. And you're telling me we get to see Holloway and Cater? Yeah, I'm very excited for that. And that's the start of three fights in seven days. It's like, this is massive for the UFC to kick off 2021 being on such a prominent, you know, ABC. Like, that is the channel. So, super awesome for the UFC. Excited to see how it plays out. I'm excited to see if they release any numbers, how the viewership goes. This is a daytime card at 3 p.m., that's usually when they do the college football games, like you mentioned, those daytime on ABC. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that works out for the UFC, but this is huge news. Don't let this just kind of flash by you. This is a big deal. Yeah, completely agree. Next up, a bit of a surprise, I think, maybe. It was a surprise to me. Anthony Pettis, who, yes, I know in his last fight, his win over Alex Morano, his contract was up, and you know Ariel Hawani was tweeting like, oh, what's next for him? I kind of just thought he was going to sign back. I really did. Uh, I thought he was still good enough to where he wasn't quite one of those guys that would be on the chopping block, like, you know, Daniel mm-hmm. was saying. But um, he took his ball and ran with it. Now he's signed with the PFL. PFL, they're looking to try to bounce back here in 2021. They yep. had some big signings. They still got Kayla Harrison. PFL's doing big things for this upcoming year. Um Pettis said he's going to get to compete in their $1 million like Grand Prix lightweight tournament and said that the year after that, in 2022, he can do it in the 170-pound division, wow. which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So he clearly got the bag. I don't doubt that at all. 
but he's going to be kind of one of the faces of PFL. So, you know, good for Pettis. Yeah. Uh, like a 12-year run or something like that. Or he's been in the UFC for ages now. Yeah. Um, had the Showtime kick back in WEC. We're going to miss Anthony Pettis in the UFC, but we're going to see plenty more of him, I believe, in the PFL. Maybe even a championship before it's all said. Yeah, and you know what? I'm, I'm happy for him. I, I think a lot of people thought he might go to Bellator because his brother, yeah. Sergio, was fighting there. And instead he goes with the PFL, and based off of what he said about the signing, it seems like it was the right choice for him. Truthfully. I mean, it, you know, could he continue to have big fights in the UFC and maybe even eventually earn his way to, like, some sort of title shot? Yeah, but he's had a bit of a split career that mm-hmm. I think a fresh start and in a promotion that I'm not going to say they have great fighters, don't get me wrong. I mean, even Rory McDonald mm-hmm. signed over there. But it's it's at least like he can go try to make a lot of money, yeah. be a big star, someone that they build that that brand around. And, and have could, a shot at yeah, a title. Yeah, a shot at a title yeah. right away. Yeah, Because exactly. you're, you're inserted into a Grand Prix. Yeah. It's, you're instantly know, like, if I, if I win... I forget what, how many it's people It's a million are. dollar prize. Well, I forget how many people are in the tournament. Uh, Let's say three or four is. wins and you win the title. Like, yeah. That's yeah. awesome for him. So I'm happy for him. He's earned it. I'm going to miss having him in the UFC, but it's it's well earned. Never a dull fight with Anthony Pettis, and I don't think that's going to change regardless of where no, he is. I look forward to, to seeing him make some more highlight reels mm-hmm. for sure. Next up, Ali Abdelaziz. The guy who is the manager of every single UFC fighter. <laughs> you like this one, Noah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but he is the manager of one particular fighter named Cody Garbrandt. He said that he believes that the fight that should be next for Cody Garbrandt is Mr. Jose Aldo. The fight that I I will die on this hill. Noah saw this article and salivated at the moment. I will die on this hill. <laughs> That I want. <laughs> You're getting me on it too, don't Cody worry. versus Aldo. I will. I will stand and die on this hill. So I'm curious, Dom. What are your thoughts? I know maybe Ali saying that doesn't really put much weight on it, but it's nice to see that Cody's buying into this fight. This is the fight that he's kind of leaning towards because he's kind of seeing the writing on the wall with Moreno mm-hmm. and Davis and getting their rematch down the line. So at the end of the day, it just makes sense. Yeah. At the state of the bantamweight division, we've got Sanhagen taking on Edgar, mm-hmm. Pewter Jan and Sterling are doing their little dance. TJ's returning, but he's not going to fight Cody. He's already beat him twice. Um, that leaves you with Jose Aldo. That's the fight that they have to make. It makes the most sense for both guys. Aldo's trying to earn his way to get the title. Cody's just there and needs to beat somebody else to get the title again or a number one contender yeah. fight and this would be one of the biggest names and a guy that's already beaten Dominic Cruz in dominant fashion by the way if Cody can take out Aldo pump the brakes here I mean <laughs> right. I know he took three losses in a row very brutally but outside of that Cody's looked damn good in every fight he's had Yeah, and it's like well hold on if he can beat Aldo still only 30 years old I think just saying yeah. Cody's future is still very bright Aldo definitely on the tail end of his career but still looks damn good. We just saw it against Cheeto Vera. Yeah. He's really an ageless wonder, but at the same time, he's only 34. It's a dangerous fight for both guys. Exactly. And that's what I love about it. I truly, I was listening to our This or That episode on my way back yeah. to town the other day. And we, when we talked about this fight, there were so many things going through my head, you know. 
Aldo has not been as aggressive lately. Cody's always aggressive, but has 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 started to tone it back down. He he seemed to learn from those mistakes and those three straight knockout losses. I don't even know how these guys would go at each other, and that's what I think gets me so invested in this fight. It's so good in every sense of the word, and again, like I said, it makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Well said. I just wanted to talk about it because I'm such a big proponent for this matchup. So this fight's glad. getting a lot of airtime. I'm glad to see that it's starting to build some steam. Some traction. Here. Yeah. Our last bit of news. We finally hit the bottom here. Charles Oliveira ah, versus, versus Justin Gaethje. That's all I'm going to say. And we're going to stop the podcast and we're going to go home. See you guys. Um, okay, go ahead and you tell the people. What, so what, 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 the, why is this significant? What, the, what happened? There was, a, there was a brief... I wasn't included on this, but I saw that it was a thing and then learned on Twitter... And now it's now it's a thing. Okay. Dana White said they're working on, or the fight that makes the most sense to do some something like that, a mixture of the two. Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira. Hmm. Interesting. Oliveira eight fight win streak, seven of them via finish, one win, dominantly over Tony Ferguson. Justin Gaethje was on a four fight win streak with a dominant win over. Tony Ferguson, before losing to Habib Nurmagomedov. Habib is basically retired. We don't really know yet, but I'm pretty sure he is because he said Connor Dustin might be for the belt. I don't really know what's going on. That leads me to believe that Justin's technically kind of still the interim champion, to be <laughs> well, honest yeah. with you. So if Oliver's not fighting for a title, Gaethje's the next best option. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this specific fight a lot in last Wednesday's episode. If you have not listened to that, by the way, you need to tune into it. We were perplexed at this fight. And the more and more days that go by, I'm like, this fight needs to happen. This fight makes sense. Both These are the two guys in the top five without a fight now. Chandler's got a fight with Hooker. Connor's fighting Dustin. Tony just fought Oliveira, so he's not going to get any of these guys. Felder just fought RDA. RDI's like RDA is the only other guy in the mix, but he's not really. He's on the outside, in the mix. On the outside looking. You know in what I'm saying? Bit. He's looking in at all these other guys, waiting yeah. to see what happens. Oliveira Gaethje. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's that, what we got to that do. That's what we got to do. Is amazing. It, it, I don't know. If, will it be for an interim belt? Would the winner of that fight the winner, Connor Dustin? I don't know how the puzzle gets put together, but I've got the pieces here in front of me. And I need to start connecting them. That's all I'm saying. Again, it's it's going to come down to um, how does this next couple weeks shake up? Yeah. How do those top two fights that happen at UFC 257 go? A lot is determined. It's not just about who weeks. wins either. It's the you know, let's say Hooker and Chandler have a boring ass fight. Then all of a sudden you're talking about the loser of that fighting maybe Tony or Felder, the winner fighting RDA. Mm-hmm. But if someone, like, if, if Chandler goes in and starches Dan Hooker, all of a sudden he's next up. Yeah. A lot can happen. And then Connor Poirier, obviously, like, if Connor wins. Is it for a belt? Is it not for a belt? What, what, what are the implications <laughs> here outside of just, like, clearly the winner of that is a number one contender. Yeah. If it's not for a belt. But then it's like, okay, who are they the number one contender with? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
A lot is going to be answered in 17 days. I think we're going to be getting a lot of news about Lightweight once we hit, like, February. Yeah. I think they're going to wait to book a lot of these fights, even, like, a Gaethje Oliveira, because... They might wait and they, see. They want to they, see how this thing shakes up, I think. I'd like to think the UFC's highly intrigued in a Gaethje-McGregor or a Gaethje-Dustin rematch. I think they would like to do Gaethje-McGregor you know? for a belt. I think so, they would, but I don't know for sure. I don't I don't know where they're... I don't, I, Dana seems to still believe he can get Habib to come back. I don't think that's I still think happen. even if Habib comes back, though, it's got to be GSP or bust. I think. I, yeah. Again, money talks. I think he wants... I, you know what he wants. He wants to Dana wants him and McGregor, too. Yeah. I could care less about that fight. Wow. So, okay, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, that fight's <laughs> awesome, but, like... I already know what's going to happen. Well, okay, let's slow down. Okay. I mean, you're right. Like, I would still pick Khabib, and I would pick Khabib Smash. But, you know, just... I'm just. Take, I know you're. I've moved I, on. Look, I know you're a Connor hater, but no, it's, no, no, no. <laughs> That's not the case. I've just. I moved on. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. it I, I think more. I hope Habib, more positives come for this division if Habib's done. Truthfully, I kind of hope that Habib's. Wow, that was man. That was a hot take, right? There. I, I meant that simply because. <laughs> The division like, can kind if of... if Habib stays and Connor wins, we have to see that fight again. It gets a, a more fresh direction. Yeah, there's so many things to do yeah. with Habib out of the picture. As sad as it is, you know, that's how I'm going to word that okay. there. That was really wild. I think it was a, think it was a really good way to kind of end that. I, that. That was that was good. That was good. You threw a little hot take in there, but yeah. it was you explained it well. Yeah. So that's it. That's the end of the news. The news episode. <laughs> yeah. Not segment. Exactly. As for next week and the week after. We're slowly getting back to normalcy next week. Then the week after that is a shit show. And then the week after that is normal again. So Noah, explain. I already... Lost track of the dates. (laughs) So, hold on. January 13th, (laughs) UFC 1. Wait, yeah, yeah. So January 16th is our first. It's the when they're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Next week, there's no Monday. I got this. We're still about a Monday. I got this. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) A week from now, when you guys are listening to this, retro review UFC 1. We're going to review and look back on UFC 1. What better way to start this kind of series? A paper. What a. Retro reviews is what I just called retro it. Retro reviews, I like that. I don't, I don't know. Is man. that trademarked by anybody? I don't. I don't know. Damn. Uh, so we're gonna do UFC one. No better way to kind of start that potential series. Maybe we'll have a different name for it. I don't know. We'll find out if that's trademarked. Let us know if you like retro reviews. <laughs> uh, classic pay per view review. That's, that's what, what it's called it. now. Yeah. yeah. Um, then that Friday, so January fifteenth. Yeah. Is our preview for Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater? Blessed Express is back, and so but is you know Calvin about Cater. the New England fucking cartel. <laughs> yeah, Woo! yeah. So that's gonna be big. And here's here's the kicker. This is, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you've been missing us the past few weeks, you're gonna be sick of us after this coming week. We've been doing one episode a week for about four weeks at this point. Yeah. At that, well, at the point of the pay per view review. That next week, we're going to have four episodes. Not one, not two, not three, four episodes. So help me with this. January 18th. January 18th. We are recapping 
Yeah, that's Holloway a versus Cater. Correct. <laughs> the Tuesday, Tuesday, January nineteenth. We're previewing. Yes, that's right. We have an episode on a Tuesday. Neil Magny versus Michael Kiesa. Yes. Thursday. Thursday. Yes, that's right. We have a Thursday episode, and we're recapping. Recapping. Kiesa. Magny and Kiesa. <laughs> Magny and Kiesa, and then the, the tw- granddaddy of them all. Friday, the twenty second. We're previewing. <laughs> Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm not ready. That's huge. That's four episodes in a week for you guys. So, big thank you for kind of sticking with us. Sticking with us during this little bit of a downtime. It turns out we're going to need this downtime (laughs) because we got to be ready to roll. I I, I still need, I need, (laughs) I'm going to need another four (laughs) weeks afterwards of one episode. Yeah. So, that's going to be a big week, obviously, and I look forward to going through all well, this. Well, we are very excited for that. But, Dominic, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. On Twitter, on Instagram, at Deasley14. Find the podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, at B-A-J underscore MMA podcast. And for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram, at NT Baker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on, along with our social media platforms the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, the Anchor page, along with Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there. And there's a link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides us with a few dollars a month, and all that money goes back into improving the quality of the podcast, whether it be audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast so again you can find all of those if you go to my bio on twitter or instagram at nt baker underscore but with that we're out we're gonna see y'all on good